my play. Across now for Tardif. Snaps to the net. She scores. Celine Tardif in overtime with 13.6 left on the clock. Snaps one through a screen. Zoe de Bovel. And the UBC Thunderbirds skate away with Hey everybody, it's Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz of CITR Sports broadcasting from UBC Point Grey Campus located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC sports news, standings, and stories. What you just heard there was the intro uh, to our show of UBC women's hockey veteran Celine Tardif snapping off a game winner against Mount Royal University in double overtime. And first of all, before we dive into this week, if you didn't get a chance to hear our episode last week, go to our archives on CITR.ca, just search Thunderbird Eye after the show to hear our very own Spencer Latu interview UBC football receiver Keenan Godden about concussions in football. And as for this week, it's jam-packed where we will plow through UBC, rowing, UBC Rowing's Western Canadian titles, golf's shootout against rival Victoria, the continued dominance of UBC soccer teams, men and women rugby's opposite paths, Volleyball and basketball both getting ready in preseason tournaments, hockey sweeping their competition, and football going from bottom of the barrel to top contender within just one week. And baseball, on the other hand, dancing with reigning college world champions Oregon State, not going in their favor. Well, they tried. They did try. (laughs) That's all we can ask for. Yeah, and now let's start with some rowing. The men's and women's rowing team traveled up to Ledoc, Alberta last weekend and took home two banners winning the Western Canadian University of Rowing Championships. It it was the second Western Canadian title in three years for this women's team and the second consecutive for the men's team. A bit of a legacy here at UBC for the rowing squads. Yeah, and um, the weather was actually not in the birds' favor, which, like, with really low temperature and a very cold wind, but, however, they actually do get managed to push through it and won 12 gold medals, three silvers, and four bronze overall. It's not too bad. No, not too shabby. The <laughs> men's team actually won 185.5 points in total, 30 points ahead of the second-place Victoria Vikes, and then the women's team won with 165 points, 42 points ahead also of UVic. Up next, the teams will go to St. Catherine, Ontario for the Canadian University Championships on November 3rd and 4th, looking forward to continuing their dominance. How about the women's golf team right now? How about Esther Lee? Esther Lee, what? Esther Lee, what a pickup. What two, a story. Two wins already, two individual wins. That means like first out of everyone that played. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, helped her team to a uh, team win as well here at the uh, UVic Vike shootout. Yeah, this was actually the fourth time in five seasons that UBC has won the UVic event, really taking it to the Vikes on their own turf and as with the row and creating a bit of their own legacy there at the tournament. On the women's side, Kate Johnson did stumble a bit in the first round, but she did shoot her best second round of the field with a 73 to finish a stroke, just one behind Esther Lee, the legend herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they won the whole tournament by quite a lot, 70 strokes, 14 <laughs> not, strokes Not, not per too much of a competition. Golfer. Yeah, <laughs> completely dominated. All five of UBC's players finished inside the top six. Just an overall incredible showing from the team. Definitely. The men's team as well, they came in second at this tournament. Um, all their players finished pretty well. Uh, Logan Carver finished tied for fourth with a 1-4-6. Andrew Harrison and Andy Kim also tied for eighth. Now, uh, UBC's men's team is actually a sneak, uh, getting a sneak peek at the, t- the course that they're going to use for NAIA Nationals. They're going to play the National Preview in early, early November, and that's going to be the same course that they're going to use at the National Tournament. 
the men's team, um, or the women's team, rather, don't play until mid-November uh, when they take part in the Arizona Christian Firestorm Fall Invitational. That's an awesome name for a team. That is great. Uh, Sounds very aggressive. Yeah, we, we're the, we're the Firestorm. Ready to ignite the other... <laughs> The other uh, teams on fire, right? Oh, yeah. And especially sure. in a sport that's as high intensity and contact filled as golf. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Got to be ready for all that aggression <laughs> to play out on the course. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, moving on to soccer, it was business as usual for both the men's and women's team. They both won their two games last weekend. The women's team first beat Saskatchewan 1-0 on Saturday with Melissa Busto scoring the only goal. They then beat Regina 4-1 with Tess McRae, Amelia Crawford, Michelle Jang, and Danielle Steer all finding the net. Danielle Steer and Michelle Jang, what a duo. Between the two of them, they combined for two goals and three assists this past weekend. And they're now both tied for Canada West lead with eight goals, along with Paige Payne of UNBC. Mm-hmm. The team's now won seven straight games, and the defense has continued to be solid throughout that whole stretch. They've only let in eight goals all season. That is third best in Canada West, I believe. Yeah. But four of those goals, however, came in one game against Trinity Western. That's who they're up against next. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a real test. Let's see if there's, they're actually for real. I mean, I think they're for real. Mm-hmm. But this will this will determine it. For Spartans us, are number one in the entire country right, right now, standing right. at eleven and one. It's going to be really difficult. Mm-hmm. It's actually a similar matchup to volleyball last year between the men's teams when we saw, I think it was Trinity Western in the final game take on mm-hmm. UBC, and it was a really heated rivalry that felt like a U Sports final. Definitely, two schools have a bit of a history, even though they're unofficial rivals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, women's team though fourth ranked, so they're definitely in the vicinity of Trinity Western. The men's side, they're still number one ranked, still undefeated on the entire season. Man. They beat Fraser Valley 2-0 at home with goals from Ryan Sangha and Thomas Gardner before hitting the road and taking down Trinity Western, the number nine ranked team in the country, 3-2. Victory Shambusho scored his second of the season, but once again, it was Christian Lee Heitman who stole the show, scoring twice to lead the Thunderbirds to victory. And I don't know what happened, what clicked for Lee Heitman. He wasn't really that much of a factor at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. But in his last five games, he's put up nine goals. That's ridiculous numbers. He's now third in Canada West in scoring. Yeah. It's coming out of really nowhere. It's kind of weird because at the start of the year, it was all about Caleb Clark. He was at t- on top of Canada West scoring for a bit. Well, I mean, and that's then, what happens when you you know get a professional to come in and play yeah. but <laughs> soccer. That's, that's the thing is he's kind of faded while Lee Heightenen but has maybe, come up. But maybe... He's advanced, you know, the play of the other players on the team. They're mm-hmm. they're playing to his level rather than him playing down. Well, if you, if your team goes out and signs a professional, you gotta sort of play a lot better in order to start, like keep playing and keep starting in those striking positions. So it makes sense. <laughs> brought in the ringer up top. Yeah, right? they brought in the ringer. They brought in Caleb Clark. You know, former uh, Whitecaps, former uh, German professional team, lower ranks, but still, that's pretty impressive. And as a whole, the UBC offense, they've scored 41 goals in 14 games. That's hilarious. I'm sorry. That's And they've scored ridiculous. three goals nine times now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this puts them at number one in U sports. It's not that much of a surprise. It's hard to see where this team could go wrong except for, knock on wood, an injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to be fair, they're... they're they're not the only undefeated team in Canada West. There's Alberta in the Prairie Division, who UBC has not played. They don't play in the regular season. They end the regular season against Thompson Rivers and UBCO, which are the two teams in the Pacific Division basement. So hopefully the Thunderbirds don't slip up there and ruin their undefeated regular season. But if, there are, if they are going to win Canada West, if they are going to win nationally, 
Alberta is definitely the team to watch out for, and they'll probably play him at some point. And now an important side note. This is really cool, by the <laughs> way. This is so cool. So the Canadian Premier League, which is the upcoming coast-to-coast professional soccer league that is launching this spring, has announced there will be a U-Sports draft held immediately after the national championships on November 12th. All first to fourth year players, like those who have at least one year of eligibility remaining, can be selected and are signed to a special CPL U-Sports developmental contract, which will allow those players to play in the spring and summer with the CPL team while still keeping their U-Sports eligibility. That's such good and experience. We, Jake and I were talking about this ahead of the show, and it's so great because it not only gives these athletes an avenue into professional mm-hmm. Athletics, but also it can really allow what are college students at the end of the day to make some money. Yeah, make some money. You know, play in a professional league, sort of maybe get a little taste of it. Because I imagine and potentially take off. Well, and, yeah, and, and mm-hmm. stay with it. I imagine a lot of these players that get signed to these U Sports contracts will end up staying in the Canadian Premier League um, after their eligibility in U Sports is done. Um, like I imagine we'll see Caleb Clark end up there, for example, but. That's really good because a lot of um, a lot of Canadian Premier Leagues don't have any talent right now, so it's such a it's, it really works out well for both sides. This mm-hmm. deal, yeah. And so the way it works is once they've played with the professional team in the spring and the summer, when it's time for university teams to meet up again on August fifteenth, the players can either stay with their CPL team, become full fledged professionals, or they can return for the next U Sports season and they will be entered into the draft the following year, assuming they still have more eligibility remaining. A fantastic opportunity. Really hoping that. I know there's no women's Premier League, but I'm hoping that there is an opportunity in the future for female athletes mm-hmm. to get the same kind of opportunities now as we see with this uh, men's soccer. Also, just pro women's soccer in Canada. Why don't we have any? Yet? Right? It's ridiculous. Right? Mm-hmm. We have such a good national team on the women's side and no professional women's soccer here. Yeah, so if this Canadian Premier League takes off, then you'd hope that would be a step for the right. future. Stepping as well. stone for some more representation of high athletic. Uh, high athletic opportunities for women in sports. In the terms of rugby, UBC women's rugby finished its regular season, unfortunately, with a home loss of 33-17 to the Alberta Pandas. Thunderbird head coach Dean Martin credited the win to the Pandas simply by, quote, wanting it more. Alberta jumped out to a quick 12-point lead while UBC tried to rally, not a rugby pun, behind the two-effort try of Sarah Clock, a second... A strong second half showing. It was really just not enough to keep, uh, to endanger the Pandas' lead. There was a lot of errors in this performance on the field, and it was hard for the Birds to keep it competitive as it was 33-7 to at halftime. Yeah, they limited the scoring, obviously, from Alberta in the second half, and rookie uh, Rory Wood contributed a try of her own, but if you're down 33-7, to it's going to be hard to come back from that. Right. UBC women's rugby is now on a three-loss streak heading into the playoffs. They started off the season so hot. You remember how mm-hmm. excited we all were? Well, at least, I don't know, I got really excited about it. Mm-hmm. But now they're on a three-game loss streak. They're scheduled to play the Vikes, who they last lost to at a low-scoring 5-10 just a couple weeks ago. They did beat them in week one, and if, they have, if they're able to play a mistake-free game, you'd hope it could go that they could beat the Vikes, and then eventually go deep into the playoffs this year, but going to have to turn around their misfortunes of late. Yeah, I mean, they beat them earlier in the season. They can, so they'll hopefully have to be able to recapture some of that magic they had earlier in the season. On the men's side, the rugby team added to their winning streak very opposite to what we've seen with the women, as they're now up to four consecutive wins, a 25-5 route of the defending Premier League champions of the UBC Old Boys RFC, which is their real team name. 
they played these, excuse me, UBC Old Boy RFC Ravens this past Saturday afternoon. They will look forward to next week's matchup, the storied rivalry between the University of Victoria Vikings for the Wingman Boot and now Legends Cup match in Victoria. This is what we expect out of the UBC men's team. They're, as we know, one of the best in North America uh, for rugby at the collegiate level. So I'm expecting another win against Victoria. And uh, finally, it's time for some volleyball story. Um, the UBC women's volleyball team dominated the two visiting Ontario teams in preseason play at War Memorial Gym this past Friday, beating the Guelphons um, three sets to one and swip- swiping the Queen's Gale three sets to none. Saturday, the Birds split their preseason games, handily beating fellow Canada West competitor Thompson Rivers three sets to none by losing to the Trinity Western Spartans zero sets to three. Canada West began a play while probably will actually begin next week as the UBC Thunderbirds take on the University of Alberta Pandas in a two-game series this weekend at War Memorial Gym. And Jake and I will actually have the opportunity of calling that game. It'll be exciting. I'll be on play-by-play. Jake will be doing the color commentary. Looking forward to it. it was, it's a bit of a weird, I guess, comparison. You see the, the sweep and then getting swept. So That's Trinity Western. It's pre- it is preseason, though, so it's hard to know what to make of it. I think this women's volleyball team is honestly going to be fantastic again, hoping to improve on their bronze at U Sports last year. UBC, did, UBC previously did lose to Alberta 0 sets to 3 in their first preseason game, so hopefully these games since then have gotten the T-Birds ready to take on the power, powerhouse uh, team in the Pandas. Yeah, and uh, on the other side, the men's volleyball team actually split their four preseason games play from Wednesday to Saturday. On Wednesday, they got mailed by the Mont Royal Cougars, losing zero sets to three. Thursday, the birds bounced back and beat the Montreal Carabins three sets to one, beating Montreal in sets three and four by a margin of two points each, which is really close, actually. And um, then they played Friday and Saturday in the Lanley Events Center. UBC was actually beaten by the Trinity Western one set to three before keeping up their preseason with a 3-2-2 set victory over UBCO. The men's team will also take on the University of Alberta Golden Bears this weekend to begin regular season play. Yeah, so the men's team actually lost a lot of talent um, this it's, year. And we have some insider knowledge here, too. <laughs> um, so we lost Irvin Brar, Byron Katarakis, Keith West, Matt Guidi, and even Finn McCarthy, right. Ryan Finn. So a lot of the talent, volleyball. which is coming off the U Sports champion, mm-hmm. Thunderbird champs. teams, defending champions, uh, went overseas to play in France, three of them, which includes, correct me if I'm wrong, wrong Jake, Keith West, uh, Byron Katarakis and McCarthy. McCarthy. Yeah. Uh, McCarthy, being the surprise here, was a rookie last year. Chose uh, when he was offered to follow through on the professional contract, and then losing four years of university eligibility. Right. Yeah. And then also, uh, Irvin Brar went to play in Germany. Yeah. The, the McCarthy was really a surprise. And it's gonna it's gonna be difficult, I think, without his presence. Yeah. Really, a one paper, and done. <laughs> right. Go get it if you can get it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to fault him for going to play professionally. It's just, it was really he was expected to be the main guy on uh, on this team, and without him, it's going to be very interesting. As the Thunderbirds are going to be relying on a lot of more inexperienced players this year, right? So we'll we'll see. We'll be commenting uh, on the game live on Canada West TV, and then we're gonna have to also see how they're able to stack up against such a prolific program in Canada West in the Alberta Golden Bears. Mm -hmm. We'll have to see. 
We're going to take a quick break for ads and PSAs, and we'll be at, back after the break with more UBC Sports. Discorder Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theater, Discorder lives. Favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theater. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder Magazine or at rickshawtheater.com. A wise man once said, UBC Skiing Board is the black sheep of the AMS. Nine out of ten dentists agree that joining UBC Ski and Board will make you more friends than your mom ever had. As the largest club at UBC, our membership offers you legendary parties, outrageously cheap ski trips, and sweet deals on local bars, restaurants, and gear shops. Don't worry if you're new to skiing. There's a place for you in the UBC Ski and Board Club. Swing by our office on the third floor of the Nest and check us out on Facebook. So we're back and we're going to be looking at basketball now. The women's team played Lewis and Clark, an American team, uh, in a preseason action this past weekend, and they dominated what to, a the, blowout. to the tune of a 98-23 to 23 victory at home. Ouch. Is that 65? That's my yeah, quick math 65 point victory. Se- is it 75? No, yeah. it's six, no, it's 65. Oh, it is 75. Yeah, it's 75. Wow. wow. <laughs> and this not... is clearly the mathematician. <laughs> we were all like, yeah, okay. <laughs> this was like, hold on. <laughs> I, I've, I've not taken a math class in a long time. It's, it's getting to me. <laughs> we're all art students here. <laughs> yeah, well, six Thunderbirds hit double-digit points in this game. Keelan Filowich led the way with 18 points, uh, seven rebounds, three steals, and an assist. Madison Penn scored 14. Tannis Metcalf, first-year... Uh, Forward added 12, Dina Strujic 11, and Madison Legault and Gabriel LaGuerta each scored 10. I love this point distribution. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Team effort. And for stuff. a comparison, Laurel Merchant led the Pioneers in scoring with 7 points. <laughs> <laughs> it was clearly a mismatch, uh, but this is nice for the Thunderbirds who did have a bumpy start with two losses uh, during the preseason, but the teams really bounced back now on a four-game win streak. Mm-hmm. It's also a good opportunity to check out, like as you said, some of the players that are maybe less... Um, Getting less rotation time to sort of get them in, and they seem to do pretty well. Yeah, ninety-eight Phil- points. Yeah, Filowich though, averaging twenty points a game Man, so far that's this preseason. So that's good. It's a full five-point improvement over what she averaged in her Canada West play last year. So if that's a sign of what's to come, still only entering her third year, she- it's, it's exciting to yeah. see her step up. I think. Yeah, it seems like she might even be taking the number one option on offense from uh, from Penn. So we'll have to see if that continues into the regular season. As a fan, and being not Penn, I don't care. I just like to see that we have a lot of effort being shown on the team right now. And the Thunderbirds will face some tougher competition as they travel to Edmonton for two more preseason games against the Dinos and then the Lethbridge Pronghorns. Mm-hmm. The men's side flew out to Ontario this past uh, Thursday to play in the Waterloo-Naismith tournament. They played three games, beating Wilfrid Laurier 90-68, to losing a close one to the University of Ottawa 77-78, to and finished the, finishing the weekend off with a 91-67 to win over the host Waterloo. The men now have a record of 5-1 and this preseason, with the only loss being that narrow one-point defeat to Ottawa. It was fourth-year transfer Jaden Cohey, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, who's averaging 22.3 points per game so far this preseason. He's made an astounding 58% of his shots beyond the arc. Mm-hmm. Hi, Steph. 
that was this past weekend, though, solely. Meanwhile, big man, uh, big men, rather, in Grant Shepard and Patrick Simon, they stuffed the stat sheet as well. Shepard recording a double-double against Ottawa with 18 points and 11 rebounds, and Simon totaling 23 points in the blowout against Waterloo. Yeah, they've done very well this preseason, and it's all without their other fourth-year transfer, Manroop Claire, who should combine with Coey whenever he's back to form an even more dynamic backcourt. Next weekend, the men's team will join women's team in Edmonton for a pair of preseason games against Brock University and Lakehead. So same area, different matchups. Women's hockey uh, were in Calgary this weekend, so another Alberta trip. They were taking on the Mount Royal Cougars. Um, first game didn't start off super well. Uh, the Cougars took the lead just five minutes in on a power play goal from Daria O'Neill, but Matea Fisher scored halfway through the opener to even the game at one. The next two periods were scoreless, so the game went to overtime. That didn't solve anything. There was a second overtime. That one almost went scoreless, but as you heard at the top of the show, uh, that awesome overtime goal. Tardif, the vet. From Celine Tardif, um, with just 15 seconds left on the overtime clock, gave the birds the win. Yeah, and this was after they failed to convert a five on three in the third period, r- almost could have cost him, and they had five other power plays and only converted on that one in the overtime. I think they need to rework the setup. I think they need to implement maybe something like the Leafs use. <laughs> Best power play in the NHL by far. I think they're shooting at like 50% on the power play. Scoring at 50% of the power play, which is ridiculous. Usually it's like 20. Um, they use a rush style rather than a cycle style. So maybe that could work because they have a lot of fast games. And you don't want to call it a lucky win, but they did get some breaks. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a lucky win, but they, they definitely showed a lot of resolve to you know overcome maybe the... Some of the I, earlier blunders. Some of the me- mistakes and, yeah, all of the power plays they couldn't score on. Saturday's game was a lot more comfortable. Um, a low shot count on Friday, so the birds came out guns blazing in the first period anyway. The volume shooting approach worked as UBC got on the board first this time with a Jenna Fletcher goal. Less than two minutes as the second, Emma Hall first as a Thunderbird to double the advantage. And then the Cougars got into penalty trouble. Ashley McFadden also scored her first goal as a Thunderbird. MR, you absolutely could not solve Tori McClash at all, and the Thunderbirds were doing nothing. I love that. I love to see how our goalies are doing great. Thunderbirds got a lot of shots off early, but only managed 19 in the game. They're going to need to keep the shot count up high for longer stretches if they want to keep up this winning record. Yeah, and their penalty troubles, which have been well documented over the last <laughs> season and oh, this yeah, preseason, for sure. had an improvement in this one. No penalties in this game after 16 in their first three, so hopefully more of that and less of the former. Showing some growth. There you go. Men's team had their home opener this weekend, also against MRU. The crowd had barely gotten into their seats when Austin Vetterell scored just 40 seconds into the game. Uh, and that score actually stayed that way until six minutes into the final period. Um, and Joshua Bly scored to tie the game up for MRU. But then the Cougars immediately took a terrible penalty, and the ensuing power play saw Colton Keller with his first as a Thunderbird. Uh, Vetterell added an empty netter, and the Birds down the Cougars 3-1. Jeff Sargent of UBC Athletics said this was Ryland Toth's best game for UBC. And I have to really agree, 35 saves on 36 36 shots is quite good, and the one goal that he did let in would have been tall order for any goalie to stop. Sargent also, by the way, is the announcer for UBC men's and women's hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of penalties, <laughs> Thunderbirds took 11 penalties in this game, which is too many penalties, I think. Mm. That's a lot. Um, they were really lucky not to get scored on on the power play. That number's got to come down. Uh, the Cougars struck first to open the scoring on Saturday. Connor Chartier went bar down on Ryland Toth. Halfway through the second, uh, when the second was uh, put, when the second was winding down, actually to put MRU up one nothing. That lead lasted about a period before Austin Vetterell tipped in his fourth in as many games to even up the score. Six minutes later, Vetterell again on the deflection. This guy's ridiculous. 
This one might have been his best one yet. He was skating away from the net to clear up the shooting lane, but when he saw the puck uh, flying towards him, he stuck out a stick at the last minute, tipped it downwards, fooled the goalie. Yeah, so Vetteral, five goals already, three of them on deflections, really uh, jumping out of the gate with a lot of goal scoring. Really a James Van Riemsdyk type here. <laughs> and I get, he's not a Leaf anymore, but he's a Leaf in my heart. Um, he scored like 36 goals last season. They were all from in front of the net, pretty much all deflections. Um, and this is actually a really good way to set up your team because it proves when Vetteral is on the ice, when he's hanging around the crease, even a weak shot on net towards the goal could become dangerous. Right now, the Thunderbirds are the only defeated team in Canada West men's hockey. Only undefeated team. Oh, did I say defeated? You said the only <laughs> defeated team, which undefeated. would be terrible. That would be terrible. <laughs> They're the only undefeated team in Canada West men's hockey. They've also managed their first 4-0 start under Sven Budishan. These guys are the real deal, and that's... That stat of 4-0 to starting this season is the personal best, I think, since 1989 for the Thunderbirds. So, mm-hmm. clearly it's been a while since we've seen this kind of early season dominance. They actually look good. They look really good. So, this th- uh, <laughs> moving on to football, this season for the Thunderbird football program has been quite the whirlwind. Just a couple weeks ago, they are in the basement. But over the bi- Thanksgiving bye week, they were awarded a one nothing victory from their Week 3 matchup retroactively against the Regina Rams after the University of Regina disclosed that there was an ineligible player on their roster. What, like, I know we're psychics, that's obvious, because we <laughs> talked about obvious. this. But really, Regina? Like, come on. You just saw this happen last year. With yeah, the why Calgary wouldn't the universities the, be trying in the, men, in the men's hockey? Clearly they knew they were doing something wrong. If they yeah. later disclosed it, they probably felt some guilt. Yeah. Gnawing away at them in their sleep. and I mean, I love it as a UBC fan. Again, don't get me wrong, but it's just like... You just ruined your season. Right. Yeah. For nothing. For what? Why should have just kept cheating. Like, geez, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> so that Cheaters moved. never prosper, Jake. <laughs> if you're going to cheat, you got to go all the way gotta, through you can't, and just reveal it <laughs> after the season. You can't cheat half-heartedly. You have to... <laughs> Cheat all the way or none of the way. Yeah, so that moved the birds to a record of 2-3 and three when it happened, and they had a shot at second place in Canada West if they could take down the University of Saskatchewan, which they did 20-10. to 10, was a defensive battle won by the grit of the Thunderbirds secondary as they totaled four interceptions on Friday from two different Saskatchewan quarterbacks. Thank you, Travel Pinto, who amassed 267 all-purpose yards for the birds with one receiving touchdown on the day. He's now first in Canada West in receptions on the season with 45, second in yards per game, averaging 108, and fourth in total receiving yards with 540 on the season. This week, he was even named a special teams nominee for the U Sports Player of the Week. Didn't quite win it, but I expect to see something soon uh, in the awards category for U Sports for him. And also, in addition to Pinto, the Thunderbirds need to use their other offensive weapons like Ben Cummings. We've been uh, talking about that. Right. He needs more carries, more touches. Right, because you just can't keep relying on the one player because they want it, they want to keep the defenses kind of on their toes, not knowing exactly what's coming at them every time. Mm-hmm. And their own defense, which was great strength last year, is finally coming around this season at a good time. They played their best game yet, four interceptions, held the Huskies to only 10 points. And if they're going to redeem themselves against Alberta, make a run in the playoffs, maybe have a get some revenge on Calgary, maybe they're going to need their defense to really be strong. Also, really quickly, I just want to point out the Thunderbirds are ranked 10th in U-sports now, which, what? <laughs> and what did I say a couple weeks ago, guys? What were you laughing at yeah, me about? Yeah, quote Jacob Ayer, they're all just anonymous bodies out there. <laughs> That's 10th ranked in the country, right. anonymous bodies to you, Jacob. Right. <laughs> they're proving me wrong. I love to be proved wrong. Yeah, they were 1-4 at the time. So. I think I'd like to encourage them 
maybe a little bit. The Thunderbirds have struggled, however, to find the end zone this season with O'Connor only scoring eight passing touchdowns. Liam uh, Weishart hauled in a passing touchdown this game, and more receivers will have to step up to give uh, Mike confidence so that he can take this offense to the championships. Mm-hmm. So the Thunderbirds host Alberta next Saturday at Thunderbird Stadium for the Team Spirit game and a chance to really lock up a good seed in Canada West. Lastly, on a quick note, baseball. Saturday, they travel down to Corvallis, Oregon to take on the reigning college world champions, the Oregon State Beavers. It unfortunately was a 12-2 blowout with the Thunderbirds on the losing side. They did take on literally the hardest possible opponent, so this isn't the worst outcome. They are done now with their fall schedule. They lost both games to Gonzaga and Oregon State, and they will have to wait until February 8th through 10th when they will take on Westmont College down in Santa Barbara for some preseason games before season. Also, a quick little uh, relevant local politics note, or I guess not local, but um, marijuana was legalized today. Federal politics. And national. Again, but it's, it's local for us because um, <laughs> uh, U-Sports actually has continued to uh, outlaw the, the use of the drug. Can't use it, even though it's legal now. So just as a heads up for any athletes that might be listening to a lot of high stay away risks. from... <laughs> devil's lettuce um, high risks with yeah, this yeah. high yeah. risks with this performance you don't, you don't have to drug. repeat it <laughs> eric let's look around please yeah let's do that uh men's volleyball at thompson rivers on friday swimming they're gonna go swimming in calgary <laughs> there's women's soccer canada west play swimming is actually really exciting it is we're and we're good at it we're very good at it um women's ice hockey hosting alberta women's volleyball thompson rivers uh Women's basketball, Saskatchewan. Men's ice hockey visiting Alberta. Men's basketball, Saskatchewan. And we've got the aforementioned um, women's rugby playoffs, Canada West. Perfect. And, um, Let's turn around their fortunes. And uh, that's about it for this weekend. And with that, thank you for tuning in to CITR 101.9. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is the Arts Report. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz with con- contributions from Spencer Latu. Listen Wednesdays from 4.35 p.m. and have a wonderful evening.